ready. Will we ever be ready? Will there ever you be? You tell me. Um, tell you about what? Tell you about Greek sex? <laughs> tell me about all of the ways to say anal. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> be hymen. I'm assuming as in like... <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. Like a behind diamond. Dance the chocolate cha-cha. Um, dookie love. Fifth base. Peg. Peg is a... Yeah. Peg is I've heard, yeah. yeah. Which I, I just realized, too, if your name is Peggy and you get called Peg, yikes. Poke in the brown eye. <laughs> this is terrible. Punch the starfish. <laughs> Red Eye, Rusty Trombone, Ride the Hershey Highway, <laughs> Santorum, remember that president-elect hopeful, <laughs> slip through the back door, and finally, graciously, take it up the ass. <laughs> have you found any good ones? I have uh, ones for butt, <laughs> <laughs> which butt is such a wonderful word. I love butt. Okay, let's go fast. Butt, buttocks, behind, rear, rear end, backside, posterior, hindquarters, hinder, hiney, derriere, rump, caboose, tail, tail end, tailbone, tail feather, apple bottom, ass, arse, badonkadonk, booty, <laughs> bridges, tush, tushy, seat, moon, full moon, haunches, hams, fanny, dumper, dump, culo, cheeks, buns, cakes, can, bum, keister, oh my gosh, <laughs> trunk, stern, gluteus maximus, bootius maximus, glutes, <laughs> pooper, poop shoot, patootie, Fudge Factory. <laughs> Fart box, wazoo, backdoor, bop, moneymaker, bumper, dumps, humps, juicy double, bubbles, back, salt shaker. We need to go back to Fart Box. <laughs> the fact, I'm crying. The fact that Fart Box is 12. <laughs> the fact that Fart Box is a word just makes me like reinstate my faith in humanity. You know what my favorite insult to call someone is? Mm. A douche canoe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Reddit, for that one. Is it a douche full of canoes, or is it a... I don't know. I don't think that you can pick it apart. Anyway. Just don't unpack it. Welcome to This is Uncomfortable. We're going to get real uncomfortable. Because today... We're putting it in your butt. (laughs) Talking about... Butt stuff. Butt stuff. And I'm wildly uncomfortable already. You guys should... I wish I had, like, a like a blush meter built into the website oh, so you guys like could see. popping paper? Yeah, it's a, honestly, you blended... What, Katie, where'd you go? <laughs> you blend in a little bit. Um, so, this is a really broad topic, so I feel like one of the things we talked about is... So, the reason I wanted to talk about this, I think I brought this topic to the table, <laughs> just to clarify, you guys, um, you might think I'm a pervert, and I don't care. The reason I want... <laughs> wanted to talk about this is I feel like uh, this topic comes up a lot with like girls nights or like with one-on-one conversations with friends and I think it's mostly in passing or in curiosity or kind of just like because it is awkward for a lot of people so I really wanted to talk about it because I feel like there's not really an arena to do this with your friends and I want people to know that it's okay to have questions about your butt and what goes in and out of it and what goes in and out of it I think we all know what comes out of it some of us might be questioning what we can put in it. Mm-hmm. And I will say, oh, I just thought of another horror story. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I have a friend who works in an OR, and, and uh, yeah, it's quite a tale. <laughs> no pun intended. 
Um, <laughs> but aside from that, I think it is because it's a broad topic. There were some things that we wanted to cover, which is like the, what I think I want to talk about is the stigma and history of it for mm-hmm. sure. Cause I think stigma is a big part of what's going on today of, as far it's as like still very taboo, how it's perceived, which is actually relatively new. So I can't wait to talk about that. Um, and also different aspects of it that might like factor into the stigma. And then also I want to touch on like the broad array of things that you can do that don't have to do with sticking things up your butt vigorously quickly or whatever nightmares people might have about i don't i think a lot of this too is people think that someone is just gonna like jump out of a bush and just like (laughs) just like go at you it's like no dude this has to be like anything else that you do this has to be you know thought out done with consent done with thoughtfulness and you know do it with somebody that you trust right um full disclaimer i've never done this (laughs) i have no desire to do it the fact the idea frankly terrifies me so, um, the idea of the act itself terrifies you. I think do you have any in my butt terrifies in me. In your butt. Okay. Do you have any curiosity about around your butt or no. like nerve endings no. in your no. gen? Okay. No. no. You just hard, don't care. Hard no pass no. for me. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. So, um, full disclosure, I'm not going to give full disclosure, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, um, I feel like it was something that. I would only have as flexible or open-minded of a view as I do of it because it was approached very, um, like, I'd, I'd say gently, tentatively, and on my terms. I think a big thing that gets forgotten is that, like, if you are the person who is exploring this with somebody else, like, you have, at any point in time, the right to dictate how it happens, when it happens, yeah. all, ev- literally every minutia of this. And, like, some of the things that I've heard from my friends make it sound like, as soon as they, they're afraid that as soon as they give a green light, they're just going to, like, not have any say after that. And I feel like... No, I think consent is a constant, constant thing. Yeah. Like, just because you have sex with someone one time does not mean that they're entitled to have sex with you in any way they have before in the past again. Absolutely. That's another, not how consent works. Yeah. Another thing, too, is so one of the places that I pulled information for this from, I was kind of cringing as I was doing it, but it had some of the most, like, this person had done a lot of, like, the fact-checking and stuff was a GQ article. So part of it was also, like, joking because it's, like, geared towards, like, a young male audience. It was, like, partially even, like, trying to slip in jokes about, like, don't try to get it past her without her attention and just, like, weird things like that. And I, I yeah, think... Yeah, like, the whole slip thing, that's bullshit. Yeah, I think we forget that, like, consent is not a joke. <laughs> so... No. Making that joke might make you feel less uncomfortable about this kind of awkward topic, but... Making any joke about slipping it in or doing anything like that is not only not funny, um, it's also incredibly unethical of you. And who would ever fucking trust you again, honestly? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why, why would anybody trust you if, like, literally their so, most vulnerable area of their body? <laughs> first story of the day. Ooh, ooh, the ooh, only ooh. time any dude has ever tried mm-hmm. was not, like, they didn't ask. They just tried to go for it. I... Socked him in the face, Ooh. got dressed, and left. Good. I'm proud of you. Yeah. That's the absolute right response. First of all, I don't think anybody should be doing this without a conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a, oh, I'm going to try it. Let's see what she does. I turned around, socked him in the face, got up, left. Good. Yeah. Um, I, I hope you're listening to this, dude, and I hope your face still hurts. Yeah. I hope you um, have cancer. I think that's the thing is like you can't you can't do you can't do that. It's not the type of thing. I think the idea that like this, you know how sometimes something will be like 
in the mainstream media as, like, a joke on, like, sitcoms and stuff of, like, oh, all families do this, all couples do this. Like, the joke of, like, that, I think, um, is going to be one of those things that does not survive as it ages, you know, because, like, humor obviously always changes, and that's one of those things that... That's not funny, dude. It was never funny. Um, I think part of the reason so many of my friends... This is the funny thing, too, about, like, straight males who want to do this with their, like, straight female partners when that person hasn't tried it before, um is thinking that that attitude is going to get you anywhere where... Yeah, where it's like a forbidden fruit. It's like, if anybody ever surprised me with that, I would never, ever, ever want to try it, ever. Yeah. yeah. So I think a big thing, too, is like... Maybe that's my thing, is it's PTSD. It probably is. Right. And it's not something that you might want to, like, not talk about because of, like, oh, it's like, like trauma, trauma, but as in the sense of, like, why would you want to address it as a topic if you, the last time you approached this topic, you didn't feel like you were being heard or you didn't feel like your opinion mattered. Right. So I feel like it might be uncomfortable, but um, we're not the only people you should be having this conversation with. If this is something you have any curiosity about, just talk about it with your partner first. Talk about it like you plan a trip. Talk yeah. about, like, I think that's a big thing that gets in the way of um, sex communication is, like, it's an awkward conversation sometimes. And But there's such a level of intimacy with being able to have those conversations with your partner. Oh, yeah. Or, like, do creepy, like, weird shit. Like, yeah. popping each other's pimples. Yeah, it's yeah. nasty. But there's some weird level of intimacy with that where once it starts happening, it's like, oh, I've reached this next level with this human I've never reached with any other human. Absolutely. It's it's so bizarre. But I think we, when, you, when you hit that intimacy with someone, I think we all know what you're talking about in the sense when you have that moment where you kind of, like, make eye contact and you realize, like, did we just do that and like, kind of enjoy it? Yeah. And then also just that moment of, like, I just showed you, like, a very human part of myself. You still like me? Yeah. I think how human and gross we can be sometimes weirds us out. So yeah. I think even the ability to bring this conversation to the table is only, like, all right, I guess some disclosure. Like, like Sam's unflinching attitude about anal, you know, I think is it really helps me in the sense of, like, he takes it way off the shelf of, like, something, like, unapproachable and scary and makes it, like, hey, that's, like, this couple thing. It's a thing that you can do if you want. Yeah, if you you want to explore that together, you can do that together. So I think that's a big thing. So do you want to start with the history of this? Yeah. So um, much like a lot of the topics that we've brought up, because they're part of human history or part of human nature, Mm -hmm. uh, anal is ancient. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Lots of Greek history. I'm sure we all know... um, I don't know if this is where the slang term came from, but you know when somebody gets called a sex pot? Like, sex pots were actual things. Like, all the paintings on the pots um, in those cultures. Um, Greek culture had a lot, like, a huge prevalency in sex pots. And um, anal was probably one of, like, the top three things that would, like, be depicted on those pots. Um, It wasn't actually just Greece, though. It was also an ancient Peruvian culture. I think it's... It looks like mochi, like, but... It's not spelled, it's M-O-C-H-E, um, and it's an ancient Peruvian culture, and, well, because I didn't want to, because it sounds like mochi, like mochi ice yeah. cream, but um, uh, they also had, there was like an unearthing of over 10,000 of these sex pots, and what they think it was, this is so interesting, um, so what they thought that these were was basically something that depicted the, like, the sanctity of semen in, like, in life as, like, a, as, like, a life force. Mm. So there were a lot of pots, um, the ones that were uncovered in, uh, in, in like, the, the area where they were searching for the ancient Peruvian artifacts. Um, the pots would depict couples doing anal while the mother breastfed a baby. And this was to suggest that semen was important Whoa. to life and... 
Um, in this idea, it said that it also included like the making of breast milk, which I think is maybe one of those old wives tales things that we think of like, oh, okay, it's like, I don't even want to say it, but just like that, like the, the idea of like, oh, milk. And so that talk about overstimulation for a second here. Okay, dude. Yes. That's a whole lot of happening going on. Well, a whole lot happening with like different needs and different emotions. Like I, mm, I'm hoping this was, this was a depiction that was more metaphorical than it was like live model. Cause I feel like that would be awkward. I mean, if it works for you, go for it. But that just seems like a lot to focus on all at once. And no, absolutely. Um, so they thought it was either this, but they also thought this, and it was kind of, um, there was this other consideration that it might be, like, a political statement of, like, you kind of, um, have to, (laughs) you kind of have to, like, have some suffering to, like, get what you want, and so they considered that both of these arguments were a little bit weak, so... Yeah, it was considered an evaluation that all the anal plots are to say that in every relationship, one partner has to suffer to give pleasure to the other. So the political wow, statement was a little a more... Loaded statement. It's a very loaded statement and very literally depicted on these plots. Whoa. So um, aside from the ancient Greek history of it being depicted as like a very normal like sex act, um, its history doesn't really show a lot of stigma until the <clears throat> the surfacing of like Christianity... Very specifically, um, the passages in Genesis that deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. Very specifically what it was that right. changed almost all, like, cultural acceptance of anal yeah. was uh, sodomy. Like, the concept of sodomy. For sure. It wasn't just, you know, Greek and Peruvian culture, too. Uh-uh. You find it in Roman culture, in um, Asian cultures, and all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's what's um, interesting, too, is, like, it, it, it's clearly always had, like, a popularity throughout history um so much so that if it's gonna like follow you into the new world and like laws are still going to be made in the west like the expanding western world against it yeah it's, it's just obvious i just feel like it's one of those things that's not going anywhere and um it's much the same as like when we were talking about abortion in our last episode in the sense that like it's it's not a matter of whether or not people are going to do it it's a matter of what the social consensus and context is because it's gonna be do you have any data on why they banned it like, um, why there were laws against sodomy in particular? They were they were all morality laws. Okay. Um, and I do have some information on when that actually dissipated in the United States. Um, some sa- uh, same-sex sex wasn't legal in all 50 states until Lawrence versus Texas in 2003. What? Yeah. So, um, the first state to... Uh, to take out the laws that uh, that banned anal. So basically it was like the most progressive state is what I would consider it was Illinois. 1962 was the first state to remove their laws against sodomy. Now, <clears throat> now would this be just same-sex couples or is this heterosexual couples too participating um, in this act? I'm, Do you think they targeted just same-sex? It was same-sex targeting. Sure, yeah. yeah, I think because... So what, what actually brought down uh, the, the Lawrence versus Texas 2003, the reason that that didn't like the reason that couldn't uphold his arrest and that that like kind of what's the word that I'm looking for overturned overturned thank you the main reason that this was actually overturned wasn't um it wasn't it was kind of the same thing again that we talked about with abortion in the sense that due process of your 14th or 15th amendment uh, 14th um, covers your right to privacy and the right to pri- It wasn't about the sex act not being like, oh, anybody's business. It was about the fact that in this specific case, 
there had been a disturbance call to that home for something else from, like, a neighbor, which I'm assuming, honestly, that somebody knew that there was, like, a same-sex couple living there and was, like, reporting them anyway. Yeah. So the police come in, and they find this, like, adult consenting couple of two men, um, like, in, like, doing their thing. Yeah. Um, arrest them both. Even though the charges were, they were disturbance, there were weapons disturbance charges, which I'm assuming somebody either said that, like, a, a weapon was fired or whatever. But in the notes from it, it doesn't say that this was, like, a violent situation in any sense. I think somebody just called and reported them. So they were taking... So something bogus to get coughed over there. I, I believe what was so. going on in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to, like, allege anything because I didn't read that far into the case, but I do know that the original call to the police that got them arrested wasn't at all in connection to a sex act. So they find them in, like, a consensual sex act. It basically goes through, goes up to the Supreme Court, and it, the reason it's overturned and what it would uphold um, anal sex not being part of our law is that you, you in your private home and, like, doing a consensual sex act in the privacy of your own home in no way can be impeded on by the Constitution. So I know that's kind of, like, a funny thing for the Constitution to cover, but it's important. Unless it's a minor. Oh, that's, yeah, unless it's a minor. Always a good. Yes. Always a good <laughs> asterisk to put on there. Um, so the interesting thing, too, that it, that the GQ story talked about, um, I thought this was a completely useless statistic, but it said in absolute numbers, not in any kind of, like, proportion. It said in absolute numbers that more hetero couples have had uh, anal sex than homosexual couples. Hmm. But that's literally ignoring the fact that, like, there are much, like, significantly smaller numbers of, like, self-reporting same-sex couples who would like yeah. have this conversation and also like there are just less same-sex couples it's like it's a that's why it's right. a minority <laughs> um so i think that that was kind of a silly statistic but i do think it's interesting to to share that a third of homosexual couples report that it's irregular for them as well so this idea that like anal sex is gay sex which is going into my next segment is absolutely it's falsified. I think it comes yeah. from this idea of like Sodom and Gomorrah and wanting to criminalize things that we don't understand. Yeah. But it in no way is like exclusively. Well, to assume that all gay couples have anal sex is <clears throat> kind of absurd. Well, yeah. Well, plus too, it also kind of forgets that like the term gay couples doesn't just mean two men. Like, yeah. That, that there's just a lot that gets covered under the term gay. So I think this was one of the questions that I really want to talk about it. But um, the idea of like uh, any type of sex act being gay or straight, I really wanted to touch on in this yeah, episode absolutely. because I feel like inherently the idea just like isn't compatible. Um, a sex right. act is like who you do it with and, you know, what you want out of it. It really doesn't have to do with the gender of either of the people that yeah. are engaged in that act so have you encountered people males um straight males who have said that they would never participate in anal sex themselves like receiving anal sex because they think it's reserved only for homosexual couples um not specifically in the that phrasing but i do know a, a good chunk of dudes who would consider um being the receiving, or I think what what is our slang nowadays? The bottom. If you're being bottom, would be con- like that. That would be reserved for the person who was quote unquote actually gay, which I know is like that's literally like leftover prison thought. You guys, like that's not that's not anything rational that people um that people like can rationalize. I feel like I just don't understand that if it's something that you're gonna enjoy. Say you're a straight male and 
your prostate's insanely sensitive, Mm -hmm. as we all know. As we all know. And you find this joy in your life of receiving prostate stimulation. How can that be construed as gay if you are straight yourself? And it's... I mean, it's a woman doing it. I mean... You're asking a very important social question. Um, I think it's the idea that, like, we have literally internalized such homophobia that we think that certain parts of our body, if they're touched certain ways, will make us gay. No. (laughs) It's it's just, like, a very interesting... Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It doesn't make sense. It's your body. If you find stimulation and arousal in a certain way, it doesn't matter how it's perceived in society. It's what you enjoy. Yeah. Like, I don't have any interest in anal sex because I have tons of stomach issues and poop like five times a day. Yeah, for sure. Just anything back there scares me. Yeah. That has nothing to do with my perception of anal sex. Of anal sex or like homophobia or what, what, what it means about your sex life if you're interested in something like that. I think that also, um, slightly different, but I think it's kind of the same is like friends I have, like lesbian friends I have, who get shit and, like, get told that they're not gay because they would, like, use a strap-on or, like, use dildos or use anything that's phallic-shaped, which that, again, needs so much unpacking because shapes and plastic and things that we can put in us and activities that we do with people do not have an inherent gender and they don't have an inherent sexual orientation, I'm sorry, but this purple dildo looks nothing like your dick. Thank you, dude. This this has glitter on it, and it <laughs> spins in a little circle while it also vibrates a little bit. Like, yes. you, you you ain't got nothing, nothing on this. Nothing to do with you and your dick. You ain't got nothing on this magic stick. Trust me. <laughs> um, so I think that also, that was what I wanted to pull up this question. So one of the questions that we got, and I'll leave it anonymous, but one of the questions that we got um, was specifically about this topic it asked if a if like a heterosexual couple the male in that relationship does want to try anal with his female partner like his his heterosexual relationship but he considers quote unquote this is not something i said this Mm -hmm. is the quote directly gay sex is nasty so this is what I'm uh, what I'm going to do in unpacking this comment is thinking that I'm assuming what he means is that the idea of anal sex between two men doesn't give him the most like arousing feelings, which like, all right, you're straight. I get that. You should probably talk that out in therapy. But you yeah, there's a lot of unpacking to be done here mm-hmm. because there's no difference between yeah. two men doing that act and two and like a man and a woman doing that act other than like what objects you might use if that act was going to be reciprocated the other way around too. So I think um, the reason that that really like interested me is it also just falls back on the idea that any type of sex is like inherently gay or straight because like if you've ever, I don't know, like oral sex is a really interesting one too. Like oral sex, I, I feel like across genders and across different orientations is kind of universal and fluid, and I don't think doing any of those acts is considered gay or straight one way or another, even though two men can go down on each other, two women can go down on each other. But I've never heard anybody say that, like, oh, 69 is gay, or, like... Even when... Even girl... Like, cunnilingus itself, I've never heard specifically as, like, a lesbian act. So what is it about anal that only makes it reserved for gay men. I honestly do think it still goes back to sodomy. I want to theorize that it's because there was laws specifically banning it between same-sex couples. Absolutely. I agree. Same-sex male couples. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, too, is that we're not going to... 
we're not going to be able to even scratch the surface of how much we've internalized our own ideas about gay sex because we all grew up in the 80s, 90s, 70s, right? So, like, we're all growing up with these ideas that we're just starting to shed these laws and also kind of start to be like, well, you know, like, have you... Have you ever thought about, you know, like people starting to like kind of have that conversation? Yeah, inch towards these taboo subjects to make them less taboo and, you know, externalize that you want to do these things, that you actually enjoy these things that are so no-no, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's even hard for us to talk about sex in general, but the reason this is, it adds one more layer to that is it's... it's Which that makes no sense either. Hmm. Like everyone participates in sex that's literally at the core evolutionary, you know, purpose of human beings mm-hmm. is to have sex with each other, procreate, and continue the species. That's the same thing for every single species on this planet. That is why we are here. Sorry to bring it down to no, a really no. like cynical level. It's not. But I that's mean... why we're fucking here is to fuck and have children. Why is this such a taboo subject? Like why can't we talk about sex? Um I I really do think that we're falling back on it with with the same explanation. Like I I think I know I'm always this person, but I just think that the effect that organized religion has had on society is unprecedented in human history. Like, what we have shaped in the way that we... Like, we created mass culture, basically, by creating these types of religions that, like, can sweep entire planets, right? So, if for thousands of years... Hundreds, I guess I should say, because it was only 2,000. But, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, people are perpetuating this idea that this act is wrong, this act is dirty, this act will make you a pervert, this act will do this, this act is this. If all of those ideas are constantly being internalized for you all the right. time. And then we're also we also have jail culture. We also have all of these other concepts of that add different like subtleties to what we consider masculine and what we consider like homophobic and what we consider appropriate behavior. There's there's so many different angles that you can come at this at that I think that we forget that like at its core at the end of the day, this is this is a sex act, and, like, any superfluous sex act that isn't directly, like, P and V, reproductive sex, all of that was done because we were all just, like, having fun throughout history, and people were like, well, I wonder why this feels nice, right? So if it's really that simple, why can't we just fucking, just fucking... It just seems so <laughs> stupid to shame pleasure in your life, um, and it seems like they're kind of sh- trying to shove it into a box of... Have sex to only procreate. Do not enjoy it. Absolutely. Like, okay, good luck, buddy. The whole point of being able to ha- have children is that you have to orgasm beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So. And um, also, can we just talk about the fact that your body evolved a response that is so pleasurable that your compulsion to fuck is, it overrides almost anything because, because it's it, so hardwired into you. It, it results in a child. Exactly. That's why you have that pleasure. It's really funny that we're talking about um, resulting in children when we're also talking about anal, considering it is also considered like a form of birth control for some. Yes. So actually, I want to talk about that. (laughs) All right. So I had this um, quote come up that anal sex is not real sex because it, quote, doesn't result in virginity loss or pregnancy. Virginity is a myth, yo. (laughs) I know there's a lot to unpack. There's there a lot well, to unpack. But I just thought that was funny that someone actually had this perspective that anal sex wasn't real because you don't, you know, you don't break your hymen and you don't ever get pregnant. Also, hymens aren't real. Um, I think a really important thing to <laughs> hymens are a social. They're a social construct, dude. Some people have. Some people might have it, but it's 
the whole idea of your hymen representing your virginity is... It's a complete yes, bitch okay, bullshit. I understand now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm also just, I'm just like shooting out zingers one line at a time. Um, do you think that an idea like that comes from someone wanting to justify their own, like, not, not, um, not chaste enough behavior or somebody literally internalizing the idea that like, oh, this doesn't count because it's like, it's not oh, even no, it's, part of like God's sex. It's 1000% cognitive dissonance. Okay, all right, yeah. It's, it's, you still have to achieve arousal. Yeah. You still have to have lube. You still have to get in the moment, if you will. I mean, there's a lot of steps that lead up to this that all fall within the spectrum of sexual activity in order to achieve this goal. Which I think, too, we forget that, like, you can call it heavy petting if you want, but if you're doing certain things in certain ways, like, that's a sex act, my dude. I'm sorry. Like I don't know if you the last time you dry humped someone. That's sex. It is. You, there's nothing that it's I would It's sex without penetration. Uh, thank you. It is everything but. It's everything and that's the thing, is like if everything but counts for like <laughs> but <laughs> I think Everything but the butt. <laughs> everything but the butt. In the butt butt. What? Um, I think some of the things we forget are like these are all it's, it's like when you're a kid and you're like, oh, it, all, it only counts if you go, if your whole foot's over the line. Or, like, stupid, like, qualifier rules yeah. that you give yourself because you don't know. It's, like, just the tip. That's still sex. That's still sex. <laughs> yeah. You wanting to have sex and going through these motions with someone, that's enough. That's why there's such a thing as an emotional affair. That's why there's, you don't need to physically cheat with someone. All of these things exist because all you have to do is conceptualize that you want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, oh, thinking about sex means you're fucking. I'm, I just mean, like... It doesn't take one penis and one vagina to have sex inside each other. There are many things that you can do that are considered having sex. Yes. Including anal. So it does count. Sorry about it. So how do you feel about um, how anal sex is depicted in porn now? It's absolutely dangerous. I would say it's outright dangerous how they portray it in porn. Why do you say that? Because of what I've seen, there's just, like, a whole lot of people spitting on people's buttholes and putting in dicks however they want. Very Your asshole does not produce lubrication. Your vagina makes its own lube. Your vagina makes its own lube. You will be fine there. Your ass does not do that. I literally have an entire section on here that's just for lube because this is, this is important, guys. Like, I know this is a funny episode, but, like, don't fuck your asshole up. <laughs> Like, don't, don't. Like, it's it's not worth it. The whole reason I wanted to talk about this is, like, people who think of, like, as anal sex as this, like, vigorous, fast, passionate thing. Like, don't fucking do that. Yeah. Don't do that to your asshole. Just don't. If you, if you feel like it would be too much for your asshole, don't do it. And also, don't do it with spit. Don't watch porn and spit on somebody's asshole and think that that's going to be enough. Also, just don't spit on somebody's <laughs> asshole. If they don't want you to do that... Talk to them first. Yeah. Yeah. I never really understood the spitting thing. Well, I think it's more about, like, the, the, the passion it's of the like moment. It's just, like, like, Yeah, no, no, oh, no. Oh, yeah, baby. Don't hawk that up. I, Thanks. okay. So. I'm nice and lubed up now uh, with your nasty loogie. Okay, so loogie is way too far. Oh, my God. I don't know what you're watching, but that sounds like some scat porn. That sounds terrible. I will say um, I get the spit thing, but not not as like a not as an actual function of lube. I understand it as like a visceral thing done in that scenario because like porn is already they're they're just like it's like 
it's so, visceral on steroids, it's so basically. It's just aggressive and it's 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 fake. I just I hope people know that if you're like young and you haven't done enough of your own sex stuff and you're learning from porn. Just know it's like, not like that. Right out the gate, gag someone with your dick. Don't do that. Don't do that. Unless don't they do that. like do Unless you have a discussion about it or they ask for it. Don't. They specifically said I like this. Don't then don't do that. Like immediately do that with the first person that gives you head. Yeah. So back to your original question, I think the reason that it's dangerous is because it shows it as something that um, is like given up as like almost. I don't want to say forcefully, but it's 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 always seen as this like secret treat. Nobody ever really looks like they're enjoying themselves. I just I really want to underline that this is a consensual act between two people. This is not a bargaining chip that you use. Um, this is not a bargaining chip that you ask for. Um, it's funny that you say that because mm-hmm. um, personal experience. Every boyfriend I have had finds out that I've never done the anal, it's like, it becomes their number one priority. It becomes like a it. holy grail. Yes. It's like, oh, I'm going to get that booty. It's like, well, no, you're not actually. Because I don't want it. Yeah. That's it's like, it's like dude, the thing they go after. It's dude, like, it's 2019. We... I hate men. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. It's I don't just, hate It's men. just a weird dynamic. It's like such a weird thing to fixate on. It's like, I'm not... I don't want anal sex, but now it's like your number one, like, oh, once I get this, like, I'll be better than everyone else. Like, well, I think it really is. It does go back to those ideas of, which maybe we just taught ourselves those things in high school, but when, when, you, when you think about, like, oh, you know, your first, it's like your high school sweetheart, your first this, your first love, your first kiss, your first sexual, all of those firsts, I think, obviously, as we get older, they become a little more rare because you try more things, and that's beautiful in itself, for sure, but I think maybe part of the psychology of that might be of, like, well, this is somewhere nobody else has been with you before. Which is like, well, yeah, but like also nobody... Also, I don't want it. Yeah. And I've also, also like, never been to, I don't know, like the slums Saskatchewan? of some other... Yeah, I don't I've know. never been to wherever. I've never been to Atlanta. It doesn't mean I don't want to go there. Like, it just, that shouldn't be like I didn't ask goal you. I didn't ask to take you. me to Atlanta. I didn't, did I ask to go to Atlanta? No, no. I didn't. D- would I, I want to go one day? Maybe, but... I've been to Atlanta airport. I guess I haven't been to Atlanta. I don't think I have. I haven't been at all. I would want to go though. Anyway, we're not talking about Atlanta. We're talking about. It's like a cool city, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, no diss to Atlanta. I do think that part of that comes. So I've not specifically with anal, but I've definitely had that reaction before of like having that conversation with somebody. You know, even if it's a friend or if it's somebody you've been intimate with, and like having something come up that like you haven't tried before, and them kind of like almost fixating on it yeah as it becomes this like thing that like well why well would you want like if all of these questions just try it just, just try, try it. it and it's like well no I don't want to and I don't want to be that person again I don't want to be that person who's doing that to my friends when we talk about anal but like I only talk about it because my friends ask questions and I think it's really important to remember that like like I said before it doesn't have to be like vigorous penetration for you to be like the whole reason this episode's called butt stuff and not anal sex is because I think there's a lot that can be put into play here. Pun intended. Mm. <laughs> hey. Hey. So do you want to do some questions or do you want to talk about the act itself, some best practices and stuff? I think we should do questions first because the best practices might come up as we talk about that. Okay, cool. So one of the most common questions that I got on my end was... Just like a, a normal person for who's never done it before mm-hmm. is, does it hurt? And the general overarching response is that typically at first it does, but you can become accustomed to it. Yeah. 
Um, so what I will say about does it hurt is like, if you want a short answer, I would say probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not fully pleasurable the entire time beginning to end. But the thing is, is like one of the things that you learn as you get older is that like, you know, like you, you like alcohol, but like alcohol doesn't always taste the best. Like not all the way, like the, the taste of it isn't always the best all the way through. Sometimes it is better as an experience overall, I think, is kind of the, that's like... a great analogy. I feel like that's how I would want to analyze it, because I think analyze the only reason... <laughs> as, like, as a... <laughs> analyze it! Yeah. I think the only reason I would want to say that is because um, I've, I've had uh, gentle and on my terms enough opportunities to realize that, like, yeah, obviously, moment to moment, there can be, like, uncomfortable transitions, we'll call them. Um, but that overall, the reason that I've like tried it again is because I did enjoy it. And overall it is like a pleasurable experience. I would say. I feel like that's, can be the same, same for other types of sex. Absolutely. I think that's the thing. Intimacy in general, not everything's going to feel great. Maybe not even through at all or through the whole thing. Yeah. You have to find sweet spots more or less. But I also feel like there are, there is... I think the over the important thing that I've learned over time is that the most important factor in these experiences is who you're experiencing them with mm-hmm. and how much they hear you because it really I think anything can be terrible or wonderful depending on how you experience it. This is true. <clears throat> so I think the only reason that I even have any kind of positive like idea about this is because I was very tentative and I was very scared and I was very like literally like every I don't like not in any terms of like actual detail but just like literally at every step of even like planning it or making that decision or like going through with it there was literally just like oh wait wait okay um uh a millimeter forward i have a, a foot back yeah i have a stomach ache just thinking about it yeah 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 no and i get that i think there has to be a very particular situation you have to be with the right person and um it needs it should be somebody that you're very comfortable with only to to be able to say this is impossibly Stop. slow and I still want you to go slower because yeah. like you get to make that, you get to make that rule. Yeah. Um, but for a short answer, I would say, I'll just, I'll just say what your doctor says and there's, there, there'll probably be a little bit of pressure. <laughs> I feel like a little bit of pressure. That's fair enough. Um, so there was that sticker that we got about, uh, yeah. Um, which I do think, I, I know we touched on it, but the, the question itself was, can we talk about straight men who think gay sex is nasty but want to fuck a female in the peach emoji? So, um, <laughs> I think, I love it. I love the peach emoji. Um, I think that in itself, like we said, there's a lot to unpack, but also this might be about sharing a novel experience with somebody that you trust. So while I do agree with this person that maybe the internalized ideas that her partner is coming to the table with, might need some unpacking but that like if he's coming to you with this maybe that also means that like it's something that he wants to approach as a subject and you might need to like maybe gently approach the idea that like yeah you might want to explore this but this this and this about your thinking might be problematic and you should probably unpack for yourself why Mm -hmm. (laughs) um any other questions oh well this isn't a question this is just someone suggesting that we always back out the brown catalog before you play. 
Does that mean poop? That means make sure you go to the bathroom before you, yeah. Eat some Chipotle beforehand? Yeah, don't eat Chipotle. I, <laughs> one of my main pieces of advice for doing this is don't eat Chipotle the day that you do this. And I'm, that's not a joke. Like, I understand that Chipotle is like a pop culture joke, but like, I'm serious, dog. Just don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. It's not, it's not a good idea. It's not funny. Nobody will be happy with that. Nobody. Yeah, um, I would say in general that day, don't, I'm. Eat bland foods. Don't don't eat things that will upset your stomach. Don't eat things that'll make you poop a lot. Okay. Or actually do that, but do it early enough that you've pooped a lot anyway. So uh, another <laughs> just playing off of that one. Another question was, um, does it affect your ability to poop? And I think a lot of that is um, definitely like pop culture references. <laughs> I don't think it does. <laughs> Like, I'm a visceral, like, vulgar, terrible person, and I was just about to be like, no, of course it doesn't, because usually you still got, you still got lube up there. Oh my god. So, in fact, it helps. Um, I would say yes. Uh, so I would probably say the next day, like, you might not, like, I don't know. I think the, the whole idea is that if you've, if you felt prepared enough to do that before you've probably already done these other things we've considered we're like make sure you haven't had like an upsetting meal beforehand and you've like gone beforehand all that so I feel like afterwards you know the next thing you might need to do isn't immediately like go but I I wouldn't say that it's anything that factors in at all it like you obviously you're aware of it and like it feels funny but like nothing no I feel like we've we've seen comments of people saying like you feel the need to go afterwards yeah. Well, and also another thing to remember. Which makes sense. Yeah. You're stimulating all those nerves, which typically mean, like, to your body that you're triggering that you have to go to the bathroom. So I will say, I'm going to get real visceral here for a second. I will say one of the hardest compulsions to fight while you're doing that is to, like, clench down to let it out because it's not going out. It's coming in, right? So sometimes, because it really does, like, <laughs> your face right now. I love you so much. Oh. Um, <laughs> I feel like because you are, you you hit it, you hit the nail on the head, um, you are hitting all of those same nerves, so sometimes it does feel like pooping, so I feel like um, a really strong urge to maybe like push out happens, which is also probably another reason that people don't try it as often, because it might be hard to keep it. Keep it in there. All right. I'm sorry. This is just so guys, discouraging for me. I just wish I could show you Katie's shade of red right now. So another comment that we got was, I don't love it, but I don't completely hate it, although it is very uncomfortable initially. So yeah, that's something we heard across the board. I really do think something that helps with that initial discomfort is making sure that you are going at your own pace. Go slow. Also, um, if... On the other end of it, male or female, um, if you are the one being penetrated, I guess, um, well, not guess, I'm just immature, didn't want to say that word, um, I would say it's, it really, really helps with um, your relaxation and your muscles in general if you've already come once, if not a few times beforehand. Oh, okay. Yeah. So foreplay is kind of foreplay, a must. I would absolutely say this should be, like, a finale act. This shouldn't be, like, sure. the first thing that you do. I feel... Well, obviously, no matter what, don't let it be the first thing you do. Because if you're planning on having sex anywhere else and you didn't use a condom, wash that dick, wash that dildo. Don't put that anywhere else. It's still your yeah. butt. Make best practices. Make sure that you don't... There's still bacteria. Don't double dip. There's still bacteria in your colon. Yeah. Don't double dip. The Like, the bottom part of your colon, it, like, it takes care of your body and you need those things in your body, but you don't need them in your vagina or your mouth. So, 
make sure you don't double dip. Um, if you're using condoms, change them often. Um, is there anything? Yeah. And then another thing that I wrote down was treat it like wiping. Never go back to front. <laughs> or if you want to quote, uh, I think it was clerks too. You never go ass to mouth. Um, another comment was tried it, but never fully done it. I remember reading once that we leave behind poop when we go <laughs> number two. So I think what they're saying is they got weirded out that when you poop, it's not just like one clean, like solid thing that comes out and that the entire, the, I think this person might have been surprised that the insides of their intestines weren't just like sparkling clean. But yeah. I mean like, yeah, they're, you know, they, they hold your poop all day. So like, they're not going to yeah. be. You got um, tiny little muscles that constantly have it moving around and. Yeah. And honestly, even too, that's like, that's why it's really important to eat like fibery green foods because, um, it's the same way that like, oh, giving chewy treats for your dog, like helps keep his teeth clean. Like eating greens, like on its way out really does help. Like the fibers and greens really does like help clean your intestines and stomach. I can't believe you found a way to tie in a dog to this episode. Of course I did. Aww. I'm so impressed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm a little worried about myself as oh, a person. Um, it's a relatable thing. So I think I tried it, but never fully done it. Does that mean like just the tip and then just chilled out and went on to other things or maybe, yeah, maybe that initial discomfort discouraged them from going any further. Mm-hmm. I would also say that if you don't like, don't go straight, you don't got to go straight to the, the big dogs. Like try a finger, try a tongue. You're fine. <laughs> Katie's face, you guys. Um, well, this is one of my favorite comments that we got about this episode. I almost got in a car crash with my assistant while trying to convince her to try butt stuff. That <laughs> <laughs> just made me so happy. Uh, so that person specifically was like, yeah, talk about butt massages. Because specifically the reason this is called butt stuff is because butt massages are... Um, like actually glutes massage? Yes, okay, dude. Okay, I... Here's... Mm. Weird twist. Yeah. I love glute massages. Okay. They are super uncomfortable. Like, they, they're they that kind of, like, weird spot where, like, you want to twitch out of the way. You know why? Because like, your lower back's all fucking tied up, and you're only touching the lower back part of it. And yeah. if you get to the butt, you get all the, no, mus- yeah, like like the, the muscles. the butt muscle, though. Like, yes. you ever get to that point where they, like, get over that one big muscle right in the middle mm-hmm. of your butt cheek, and you, like, want to... It's, like, kind of a pressure point where you, like, want to flinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I love it. I will say almost... The same thing with the inner thigh. I don't know if you've ever heard inner thigh massage, Girl. like a masseuse. Mm. Ooh, it's kind of weird because it's like very intimate, but it feels so good. See, that's where those porn videos come from. I, I know. Even know I, that. Look at my predetermined biases. <laughs> um, no, I think that was another reason I really wanted to touch on that because I feel like butt massages are everybody's gateway to butt stuff in general because... Um, Great. <laughs> well, only because it's really... It, it, it's a really... I. I think the first time I got a butt massage was literally like I was having really bad like lower back issues and it was just really bothering me and it really helped like I just started noticing that like those you know those points where like if you have those indents in your back you know like right there and then also right under them I just noticed that like I hold a lot of my like lower back pain in the tension like down there I feel like in the glutes yeah yeah so I started noticing I was like okay not only does this like feel amazing but then you're just like oh this like feels amazing like like, this like this like feels like good like as like a chiropractor but like also as my husband like this is great (laughs) right so I feel like that was a really great, um, almost like flirtation with it because then obviously like, you know, your, your partner's getting a great view if they're like massaging your butt. And also that inner thigh massage that you just mentioned can then be 
intertwined with that. And I feel like just treating that whole area as, like, one area then starts to change your mind about, like, what you want where. I think a yeah. big thing for us is we really do think of, like, oh, here's my sex stuff, and we don't go back there. And I feel like we forget that, like, all of that, when you look at, like, a diagram of your body, you know, when you're, like, at the doctor and you see, like, all three of them are lined up and, like, smacked up against each other, we forget that, like, the nerve linings that are on, like, the inside of your vagina or on the side of your prostate are also accessible from the other side. And then mm-hmm. um, another thing that this GQ article pointed out was that, like, it, it would, like, make the most sense that what would give the best orgasms would be stimulation from all sides or from all ends of those nerve, nerve endings, which is why I think I'm making this, like, argument for treating it as, like, one holistic, like, sure. sex experience. Yeah. Keep it all in, in bang, the... Chicka, <laughs> yeah. Keep it all in the repertoire of your sex time. Yeah. I think just um not being afraid to... But I get it. I also get, like... Uh, stomach issues in general are a whole other side deal for people. Like, that's not easy to work around at all. I don't know what it is, man. I mean... You don't have to, dude. If if you don't want... You don't have to explain this to anybody. You don't want to fucking try it. No, I mean, I've tried to figure it out what it is, but the only thing I can think of is just... I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to mention... I should probably bring it up in therapy, but that seems strange to do see that's another thing too is it's so taboo that you're like well i don't want my therapist to think i'm a weirdo because i want to talk to her about anal is it weird though it's not weird at all you just want to talk no, about it no she probably doesn't talk about it um another response we got was i enjoy it from time to time as a change up which i think that's a really good factor too it's like this person's so cool that they're just like casual about it but um i think it's uh it's on the menu but i don't always order it. yeah i don't always <laughs> order it but you know i like to try it from time to time um so i think that's you know that's another interesting thing about it i think a lot of people end up trying it actually as like a as a change up or as you know a couple that's been together a long time and they want to try something new if they haven't done that before I feel like that's sometimes when that comes up mm-hmm. um another one I got was I don't love it but I don't completely hate it oh wait that's I, I read that one um oh no there's another one that just kind of says that and then it was just like yeah I like it but um it's just you have to get used to it being uncomfortable just like, it seems right. like there's a lot of planning behind it whereas you can kind of have sex in the moment um, typically. Self-lube makes a big difference. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, your diet is important. I think going slow is important. mm -hmm. Lube. Um, not to be, uh, too vulgar, but also size is important, dude. Like, it, this is, this is one of those scenarios where, like, you, you don't want a giant dong. Like, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's actually where my other story comes into play. Um, that story from the person, oh, do we want to get into, do we want to get into our stories? Or were there any other questions that you had from listeners? Um, no, not from listeners. Okay, um, I'm good with all the questions. Do you have any questions? No. <laughs> I've done the research. I know what it entails. I know what to do. I know how to do it. I just don't want to. No, I get it. It scares me. And you don't have to, dude. I think the biggest takeaway to take from this is like, it shouldn't be a stigmatized taboo thing that you're afraid to talk about. But you also should at no point by your partner or yourself or your friends feel pressured to do it because you like want to, you know. Like... Same thing with everything with sex. Like blowjobs. Mm, oh. I can't tell you how many boyfriends I've had who have like pressured me to do it incessantly. And it's like, I don't enjoy doing this. I will do it from time to time. But like, why are you asking for it every day? Yeah, I've actually heard that a lot. Um, I would love to do an episode about oral sex. Yeah. 
Cause, or should we... No, we shouldn't just tie it in right now. This is, let's just keep this to butt stuff. Because yes. I think that would be a really interesting topic. Because I think there are very different consensuses among different couples about that. And it's really interesting to talk about. For sure. I feel like it's definitely a broad spectrum of the likely... Or just how much they like it and how much they want to do it versus, you know... It's just a promise thing. Yeah. Again, but it, I feel like... Maybe we should get into it. I don't know. Well, another interesting thing that I always uh, that I always wonder about is if everybody feels the same about like um, anal, oral, vaginal, as far as like priority, how much they like it, how common it is for them, and also just like prefer. hand jobs. Yeah, like what what they prefer. Yeah. Or like, cause that's the thing is like you would think that the consensus would just be sex, um, like penetrative, like vaginal. Because I would consider that one of the most common, and then I would consider also, like, in, in like, a gay relationship, I would assume, I don't know, probably blowjobs, just because mouths are also self-lubricating. I <laughs> but I also, I don't, I, the reason I ask that is because I also know that it, it's really easy for that to flip, and that's always really interesting when, like, if somebody's in a relationship where they, like, prefer oral, but the other person is not into it, like... I don't know, I think navigating those sexual incompatibilities when the other parts of your relationship are compatible would also be a really interesting topic because um, this this specifically, I think, is a hard conversation for some couples to have because if you are coming into it with stigmas, because a lot of these stigmas really do come specifically from, you know, like religion and culture, like it might be hard for you to unpack for yourself why you're saying or thinking the things that you are about it. Or if you've had someone participate with you, like say you're a male and you've, you're a hetero male and you've had it done, you know, you've had a finger in there or whatever and you really enjoyed it, it might be hard to admit that and talk about it with future partners. That's also a really big factor. I think um, the way that we... I think we allow women a lot more sexual liberation as far as, like, sex sex acts are concerned. Yeah. Um, I think there's still a lot of, like, inherent homophobia in the way that men approach sex acts, which actually would just explain that question that we got. Because I feel like it's way easier for a dude to get judged for, like, the things that he enjoys or doesn't enjoy. Whereas, obviously, as women, we're going to get judged if we like sex at all. But, like... Do you think that women are more open to talk with other uh, female friends of theirs about what they do and do not like in the bedroom versus men talking to other men about what they do and do not like? I do with the men and women that I know. I do know some male circles are a little more open than that. Right. I have friends that would probably be okay having those conversations. But as far as, like, my partner and his friends go and, like, me and my friends go, absolutely me with my friends would be more comfortable. And even I with my male friends, I think because... But I just have a lot of confidence. I'm, like, willing to have those conversations. But I think um, in those situations... If I, if, if we're there having those conversations as couples, sometimes like it's a little, it's, that's been a really interesting, weird Hmm. one to navigate recently is like, sometimes you can approach that subject with another couple and like actually get somewhere and like have a conversation about it. But I would say it's easier for women and with like their girlfriends or, you know, just like those types of settings than it would be for like dudes and like a typical male atmosphere, Hmm. if that makes sense. It does. It's just, there's such a weird dynamic with hetero male groups and then hetero female groups and how they interact with each other a lot of the times. And I know I'm stigmatizing a lot of it and I'm generalizing a lot of it, but just from my experience with my groups of friends, males are kind of like a, ho-ho, we'll joke about like, oh yeah, I had sex with her, but you never get into the details of it, whereas women are more like, 
oh, like, I really like this, or, like, he's really good at this, or, yeah. like, whatever. We're yeah. willing to pick it apart. Yeah. I will say that a funny thing in, like, being a long-term relationship is I'm not, I think because I know that he's more private, I'm not as willing to divulge, I mean, I'm, with my friends, for sure, I'm not as willing to divulge specifically, like, there's, like, certain ways I talk about it now that I didn't before, and certain things that, like, certain things I do say now that I wouldn't say before, and certain things I wouldn't say now that I would say before. Yeah. Like, things, like, specifically that are, like, performance or, like, no, that no, type no, I'm not of talking, stuff. like, no, 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 I know. like, degrading your partner or whatever. Oh, I'm just no, saying, no, like, no. particular things that you've tried, and, like, I've tried anal sex, like, it was great. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I hated it, I loved it, whatever. Not so much, like, my partner performs in this way. Just like a, we've tried this and it was great. Or we no, it. absolutely. Yeah. I think the only reason that I, that the only reason that I brought that up is I feel like it's, it's easier for males and it's easier for us is like when we were younger in high school to like talk about like frequency and size and things that yeah, we now, now I think are like, very, very private. And yeah, like, I agree. mean like obviously a lot of people have different boundaries for themselves, but I think that now those conversations are much more, I like when, and we like when versus like he did this. Does that yeah. make sense? Well, and I think a lot of that was vanity, too. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you wanted someone who was, you know, good in bed and had a big dick and all this yeah. stuff. And now it's like, that's kind of lower on the spectrum of what I need in a partner. Yeah. Um, well, plus I forget, too, that the past 20 years, have time has, like, society and culture have advanced in the past 20 years at the speed that I think the past 100 years before that would have done. So we've had to, like breakneck speed kind of adjust our social standards so there were things that we said and did in high school that I would be ashamed yeah <laughs> to like you know. and that's the thing is like hey, you're you're already like you're a kid and you're a kid living in a different time when like people just we just talk differently then yeah. like we talk differently well, about consent we talk differently about a lot of things you're though. also maturing so the things you talk about are the things that actually matter to you now yeah whereas things absolutely. that mattered then you wouldn't when you're 18 in high school and dating your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever you're not thinking about, are they going to provide to me as a father, as a mother, as a partner? Are they going to support me emotionally? A, are they going to yeah. be good in their career? You're not thinking about these things because you're not there yet with your maturity. But yeah. now, being in your mid to late 20s, early 30s, you're thinking about these things, which are way more important than, is he going to last long in bed? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. There's just like a lot of things, too, that like... I don't know. Another thing you start realizing as you get older is like you're you. Why the fuck would you want them to last an hour? Oh my, oh my god. god! What? What was anybody thinking? Congratulations if you can, but but also raw. Go go put ice on that. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> uh, cheers to being thirty. Yes, I love it. Which I also feel like you can't really control that very much. Like how long you last in bed or how well you orgasm or how lubricated you are. All of that stuff is all biological and you shouldn't be shamed for it. I think that's why. I mean, there's a whole sex industry for those reasons. Like Yeah. To help you have a more the, pleasurable sex yeah, life. Achieve yeah, achieve the sex that you want because we're all limited in our genetics and our biology. Yeah. And, you know. In different ways. I yeah. think that was another interesting thing too. The reason I know that I like popped off when you said um like anal and like porn but lube is very important in anal and like there are several different kinds serving several different purposes and that obviously that's not just anal lube that's just like lube in general and I I did see some stuff that I didn't really I don't think I knew um it's just kind of not opposite of what I thought I did understand that like you never really don't I didn't know that you never use silicone uh based lubes with silicone toys um, huh. those, 
like it'll basically because they're made of the same thing. I think it'll like it might deform like the toy. It might like oh. misshape it. Um, also that like for anal, there was a different. There's all you gotta really prioritize for you what matters. Like, are you do you need something that's condom safe or do you need something that is gonna last a long time or do you need something that's like a thicker consistency? Because like usually water based lubes are more safe with condoms, right? And you want something that's like not gonna break a condom down and an oil will. So I. Full disclosure, I prefer coconut oil because it's it's like a... It, I have... That was another thing I read here that was like that's kind of like a thinner oil, so that's good because water will reabsorb back into your... Um, like the, the intestinal tract because it's it's that's like a salivary gland. Yeah. It's not like your vagina, which is ex- excreting lubrication. The water will absorb. So if you're using water-based lube, it'll absorb faster and you'll have to reapply more. Um but silicone-based lubes, I think those are the ones that, again, with if you're using toys, don't use those. But those would probably be considered the best because they're a little thicker. And a lot of what I read was that for anal, you want something that's a little more jelly consistency versus like a oil or like luby consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I would say is that like um, almond oil and coconut oil were the other two that were suggested the most. But the oils are still a little bit thinner, and those will 100% break down your condom, so don't use those. Mm. Um, Good to know. Yeah. So I think, I know that I just, like, I really, like, hyper-focused on that, but I think that it's so important to remember that, like, lube is, it, it, going into sex stores feels weird, dude. Sometimes, if you're not drunk, and it's not funny, and you're not doing it on some weird, like, souvenir shop. You feel out of place. You feel out of place. That's fine. If you don't feel out of place, and you're totally comfortable, you are already where all the rest of us need to be. You're confident in your sexuality. That's great, but... Here's the thing, though. Those people that work in sex toys shops, or sex shops, they work there. They see people come in and out every single day. They know the products. Imagine them working in... I, I don't know a clothing store imagine that's the person at your uh pharmacy because yeah they know these they're things. there <laughs> they're there to help you they're not just there to ring you out like yeah they're there to help you pick out what you need they should be knowledgeable they should be able to confidently and calmly and support and the you. thing is too is you have to be you have to be 18 to be in a sex shop anyway so it's not going to be like super young kids anyway and also somebody who's putting themselves in that situation like retail people are already flexible happy to help people who are already dealt with a lot of shit that if you've ever worked retail yeah. you fully understand but a sex shop retail person i feel like is already there to answer your weird questions obviously don't be a creep but like they're, you're not going to make them feel weird if you ask them about lube. Yeah. And, like, honestly, I feel like it would be it would be the one place that you should feel, like, comfortable asking. Because, like you're saying, like, they see people in and out all day, so they also know, like, what people like. Yeah. Or what's, like, working, I think. Yeah, they hear stories about, you know, oh, this vibrator's not as great as this one. Try this one instead. It's yeah, like, it's like, or this one we've gotten a lot of... <laughs> it was the exact same situation as my esthetician. It's like, okay, the first time I got a bikini wax, I felt so weird about it. And yeah. then I realized, this person sees vaginas all day long. Yeah. Mine is just She does not give crowd. a shit about your vagina. Yeah, she does not care at all. She's there to remove she the hair and move on. She couldn't pick your vagina out of a lineup. Yeah. I think that, the, when I realized that, like, oh, she doesn't, like, this is not something that she remembers... Yeah. Like she go literally the second I leave, another vagina comes in. Yes, she sees thirty of these a day. Like, yeah. nah, yeah, let it's that go. Not a big deal. She really doesn't care. Yeah, and yeah. also if you're not comfortable, there's plenty of shops online that will give you all of the information you need and send it to you in discreet packaging. Ooh, I don't want to plug any websites. I know they'll give you like discounts if they sponsor you as a podcast, and maybe we can get us that. But I do know just go and search online for shops like that because they usually have pretty sweet discounts and like free gifts and stuff and it's usually just like you know like 
weird. Lubes. Yeah, lubes. Yeah, condoms. Cock rings. Weird. Yeah. yeah, just like uh, nipple nibblers. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, plus, it's just, honestly, it's it's a fun conversation that I think a lot of people um, get a lot of stigma around. So it, it's a fun conversation to have with your partner. Mm-hmm. And you also get to, like, build up a whole other layer of trust. And if it's somebody that, like, it's not a consistent relationship with, this could even be more fun because then you could just pick it out for yourself. Yeah. Bring out a surprise maybe, next time you see your dick appointment. Maybe you love it, maybe you hate it. <clears throat> never know until you try. Never know until you try. So it's exactly. the person who's never tried it. So it's the person who's never tried it. It doesn't matter. You don't want to try it, you try it on your own terms. Nobody's going to make you do that. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing. Yep. Um, are there any stories that, that you've... So we've been asking for submissions of stories and... So uh, one of my coworkers told me one. Um, she unfortunately didn't message it to me, but I'll give you the gist of it. And that was, uh, she tried it for the first time with her boyfriend and ended up pooping on the floor. <laughs> and then she kneeled in the poop. What? She kneeled in it. Where were they in the shower? No, they were uh, over the couch. Oh, and so she had to sit there and wait while her boyfriend went and got a wet wipe. To wipe her knee off her to, poop. To wipe the poop off her knee, and off the floor. So she, like, poop-pooped. Like, it was, like, a poop. I don't know if it was, like, a full-blown thing. Yeah. But she said she learned her lesson, and <laughs> she she went to try it again. So She, she went? Yeah, I think she enjoys it. Yeah. On occasion, but... Yeah. yeah. I thought that was... <laughs> I was crying at work yeah, when she was this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mostly because her face was, like, deadpan serious. Like, this happened. <laughs> it was terrible. But we did it again. <laughs> I love that. But we, but we did it again. Okay, so I actually have been given um, a few horror stories. They're all going to be... I love that we're, like, giving all this advice and support, and then we're like, oh, but also you're going you're gonna to poop. It's kind of like giving birth. I'm so terrified about pooping when I give birth. I think the birth is, like, almost 100%. That's a ringer. But I can tell you, like, I'm not trying to be TMI, but, like, I've never pooped. I've tried this. I don't... I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with doing that. But I would probably poop. You would probably poop. And you know what? There wouldn't be anything wrong with that. Because if you'd had the conversation with the person that you were doing this with beforehand and you were like, look, this is the possibility. I poop five times a day, at least. At least. This it might be the happens. sixth. You, do, it you just know? happens. You might be here for this one. Just pull up a chair, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> or don't, because we're not doing this. Um... So I also have a poop, not I have a poop story, because I just said I wasn't lying. I have not had that experience, but I do know it's common and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, When I was first, like, looking into maybe not being terrified of this, um, I remember talking to a friend of mine about it and asking if she had tried it. And she was like, yeah, man. She was just super about it. Didn't even, no qualms. Um, And I feel like having a friend like that is important to just have somebody that will just, like, give you advice and... You know, you can just ask them whatever about. And she was like, yeah, you know, um, I liked it. Uh, you you do risk pooping. And I was like, well, has that ever happened to you? And I, <laughs> the way she described it was that it was just like afterwards. And she was like, yeah, you know, and then yeah, he, you know, we were done. And <laughs> just a, right after, just a little bit of poop came. <laughs> that was how she described it. <laughs> and I just remember kind of being like. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess whatever. And then I was like, was it, was it like horrifying? She was like, no, we both kind of just laughed about it. But like, you know, like if you know that that might be on the table, then. I'm just picturing like a little. A rabbit, little tiny. Like a rabbit poop. On That's the exactly what I imagine. Like, I just I imagine those, a little pellet. I find those around my house sometimes because my dogs are getting old. And so like sometimes they don't like their poop 
doesn't come all the way out and then it drops on the floor. It drops on the <laughs> floor. Like, what is this? A piece of bark? Oh no, it's a piece of. It's poop. a poop. It's a piece of poop. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Um, and the other story I have is not a poop story. It is a butt plug story. Uh-oh. So, there... <laughs> this story still gets me. Oh my gosh. Um, so the reason I bring up this story is that I would just suggest that you make careful decisions in buying a butt plug because this person who bought it, um, from, from what I was told, uh, really liked it aesthetically. It was one of those ones that looks like a gem. So it just makes your butt look like it has... Like, you basically look like a troll doll, but backwards. It's just like a... It looks <laughs> like a... Yeah, it's just like a purple little gem. Well, you know, they come in different colors. There's yeah, pink. Sure. There's like a diamond one. Yeah. Um, it's cute, right? That's fine. But those ones are just that, and there's no handle on them or anything. So um, this person... <laughs> Don't worry, guys. She's fine. There was no hospital visit involved. Totally good. But this person, uh, okay, so they were doing a doggy, and this was, uh, this was, this wasn't anal sex, so she, she was using a butt plug, and after, I think she, uh, was, like, waiting for, like, a towel or something, but as, was kind of just, like, waiting, (laughs) and, um, they, like, it's not that it, like, went up, and it didn't get stuck, but I, there was a moment of panic. There were about five minutes of panic after her partner walked away where she thought he had pulled it out and he had it and she was trying to get it out but the very edges of it had gone right into her <laughs> butthole, I guess. Is that how it would work? <laughs> Basically, the reason, oh, I, the reason I was told this story is because it was a very quick moment of absolute sheer terror. <laughs> like, it was very, it was very brief. But they did consider going to the hospital for a second and then got so mortified at the idea that they were like, no, we got to figure this out. She thought that her butt ate the butt plug. She thought that her butt ate the butt plug. Mind you, it was literally right there. What does this make me think of that Dr. Doolittle scene where the dog has the thermometer in his butt and he goes, oh, butt just ate it. Because that's (laughs) the same exact thing. Butt just ate it. Oh, no. Moral of this story, I was told, when I got this story, the last line of it was, I would just suggest that you recommend butt plugs that have handles. (laughs) Because they have those ones that are like silicone and they have those like two handles. They pull it out like a little cork. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just be careful with your butt plugs, I guess. All right, yeah. fair enough. It sounds like it's cute though. Yeah. No butt plug. Would you would you get would you use a butt plug? I, I don't really understand the purpose of them. I think it might be prostate stimulation, but that's but male. females use it. Yeah, it, I don't know. Well, I, not prostate stimulation. I'm sorry, just like nerve stimulation in general from the other end because I I'm. Also in the same area where your pro- the prostate is approximately where the G spot is, mm-hmm. so which always kind of weirds me out because but you can reach the G spot from the your colon like, as well yeah yes yeah where it grazes up is one of the is the same side as one of it, like your like sensitive patches in your maybe it's just stimulation I think it's stimulation I mean, absolutely all those nerve endings are still being hit well I think no matter what it be and that's the thing too it's like um. It being in there, I feel like just does it. it um, just 
I don't want to say activates your nerve endings, but you know, obviously when you're touching, if you have something in your colon and you're having vaginal sex, you're having more pressure between the two walls of that, like, absolutely. Well, you've already, you've created something to like push this out further. Yeah. So it's like probably pressing against your juice about harder. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Well, it was, it kind of goes back to that thing that that article said. It was like, um, over like all encompassing nerve stimulation would logically bring about the most like powerful orgasm. Right. If that makes sense. And I'm sure that like anal beads have a similar effect of like you pull them out slowly as you're having, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I I've don't know about them, anal beads. <gasps> Ooh, if I've anybody's only... tried anal beads, you should talk to us about them. Yeah. Cause I have still a thing. I think so. I remember reading them about about them in the book. Are you gonna choke. say choke? Yes. <laughs> just gonna... And just like thinking of having an anal bead stuck in your colon is terrifying. Yeah, well especially it was like the last one, right? So yeah, it was like the furthest but one. But she out. like ripped them out like a um like a lawnmower cord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Which was like, alright, that's yeah. too that's By the way, if you haven't read that book, the movie did no justice to it. I don't think that it would. I feel like the only movie that Well he... they fixated on like the whole sex um Addiction. Addiction. There's no other over. There's nothing with like the rocks. There's nothing with like the whole god complex. There's no no other of those components tied into the movie very well. But the sexaholic thing is like a background yeah, to the it's, god complex. It's a very thing. very small part of that book, which mm-hmm. is it's so interesting. They did such a great job with Fight Club. Yeah. Like wonderful job with Fight Club. I loved it. Yeah. But then with Choke, they did just they fixated on such a small part of the book. Yeah. And I didn't understand it. It was like the most. It was like kind of. Like, one of the most taboo parts of the book, I, I think that's say, why. I think it's because like, it was, like, a novel thing, and they were trying... Because that's yeah. what, I think when people were reading it, if you were fixated enough on that mentally, that would be the only thing you could get out of it. Yeah. Whereas, for me, like, the big thing with Chuck Palahniuk is he always seems to put up a lot of, like, big... Um, the whole the whole like part was scarecrows like, and then like what you're actually going for is not the scarecrows yeah. it's like in the field you know yeah. does that make sense yeah the whole the, I mean the biggest part for that book was like he's doing the whole choke thing because he's helping others and like he's yeah it's the god complex yeah, yeah. helping others while also read the book himself. it's really good it's a it's a good book yeah his books are all typically pretty um, good yeah. Cool. Read that book. Try anal. Um, Read the book while you try anal. Buy a butt plug. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <With> the <handle. laughs> don't double lube. dip. Don't lube. double dip. Buy lube. Buy lots of lube. Um, do what feels good to you. Do what feels good to you. Don't let society tell you that this is shameful. But if you can get a butt massage this week. Yeah. I would still recommend like, that. Like, not even an erotic one. Just like a normal, nah, like, get that... your glutes... Minius and Maximus massage this week. Yes. And tell me you don't feel better yeah, afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, try to pop your back afterwards because it's going to feel great. Yeah, same thing with feet and face. Have you had your feet or face massaged? What? Have you ever had your ears massaged? No. Girl. Girl. Okay. Ooh. Maybe we're going to talk about ear sex next. No, not sexual. <laughs> Bye. Love Bye. you guys. Love you. Oh, wait. Um, Email us with your stories. Uh, this is uncomfortablepodcast.gmail.com or find us on Instagram. This is uncomfortable podcast. Okay, now we love okay, you. Okay, now we love you. Bye. Bye.